uh, information on what's going on with our brothers and sisters up in Oregon as they fight for liberty. Um, and uh, first of all, um, Bob is in Josephine County, and he got this thing pretty much started. He's uh, spearheading this thing for the state. It's one of those things, Bob. I know you didn't ask for it, brother, but you're doing it. Uh, just give us a, give us a quick uh, uh, quick synopsis on on what why you decided to do this. Why did you decide to you know leave a life of of uh, you know of retirement and just say, hey, I've got to get this done. What was your reasoning for that? Yeah, well, that's a pretty good question. In, in that, um, well, first of all, you, Terry, you and, and Mark came up here at your Grants Pass and uh, put on a, a town hall meeting for us, and that's really what uh, got the state of Jefferson started in Oregon. It's because of you two. <clears throat> but um, the reason why I particularly got started was I took a constitutional studies class so just uh, almost at about the same time you were you came up here and as I finished that class it opened up my eyes to lots of things about how the government is supposed to be doing things or, or not supposed to be doing things and one of the things that I learned but in particular was that the uh, we're supposed to have one state senator for every county instead of the Senate being apportioned by population. And then I realized it was the 1964 court case of Reynolds versus Sims that caused that problem, which, of course, was unconstitutional because Article 4, Section 4 says that uh, we're supposed to, we, we are guaranteed a Republican form of government, and that put us into a Democratic form of government. And when I learned that the state of Jefferson is going to fix that problem when we become a new state, I was on board. Well, you know, Bob, we do have Mark on the other line, too, which is kind of fun. We're going to try to make sure we get you both on here uh, at the same time. Uh, we're going to give you another minute or two here, and I want to bring Mark on with you because uh, this is a, a very special program to have two guys that have been very special to the movement. Um, the other thing I want to ask you now, um, how many counties uh, are engaged that have committees in the state of Oregon at this point? Well, we have 22 counties on our what we call our proposed state of Jefferson. Those that have a decided lack of representation in, in the Salem State House. Uh, out of those 22, we have 12 that have committees. Wow. Now, don't you have a, a county that's, uh, that's uh, getting a declaration together and going to go yes. in front of the commissioners there in Oregon? What yes, county is that, yes, my friend? Yes, we do. That's Gilliam County. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a little bit short, about 30 signatures short of getting what, you know, the, uh, the We the People uh, withdrawal statement uh, from the folks. Uh, they're just a little short. But they're going to go to the county commissioners and, and put those uh, signatures in front of the county commissioners. And they're going to do that November 4th. Now, one other quick thing, too. I know that, uh, now is your wife Carol there sitting with you? Yes, she is. Okay. It, it, that's that's a really um, cool story. But uh, um, really, the, 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 the brains and the beauty of that whole deal up there is Carol. You know that, don't you, buddy? You're you know. right. <laughs> yes, sir. That's um, exactly right. Yeah, she's been a she's a, a wonderful lady. Bob's wife is a, a real champion out there, a real go getter. Uh, always somebody who's very engaging, and uh, you is. know, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great uh, it, it, it's just a great thing going on there. Anyway, Mark, um, Bob's on the other line. Can you guys hear each other? Okay, first of all. 
Mark, I don't know. Who, who am I listening to? Uh, you're listening to Bob Chard from Oregon. Hey, Mark. And, uh, hey, Bob. Now I can hear you. Yeah, Mark, Mark, you're very faint, but I can hear you. Okay, same goes, but I can hear you all right. So anyway, Bob was just talking about, uh, I don't know, were you able to hear anything that he said uh, as far as uh, about Gilliam County and the 12 counties that they have engaged? No, I, I only heard you ask me if I could hear him. Uh, the live stream is not working, by the way, so I couldn't hear anything. Oh, buddy. It's working now. Okay, uh, she's got it fixed. We have Ashley here. And uh, what we're going to do here, guys, is um, I'd like to just uh, propose this question. Um, once we understand that, of course, uh, representation is the number one issue, number two is the Second Amendment. And I know, Bob, that uh, you've been... Um, um, that you've been seeing up there either some rumblings in Oregon or some things to where uh, uh, doggone California, you know, seems to be leaking over uh, into some of those uh, some of those gun laws and that type of thing. I'd like you to expand on that a little bit, and, and then uh, Mark's going to be commenting on a court case here. But we've got to go off for our first break, so guys, we could be thinking about that, thinking about the uh, the Second Amendment issues in in both states. Uh, we'll come back to that. Because time has come for 51. Let's get her done. Clear Creek, cool mountain mornings, honest work out in the field. Cornbread in my mama's kitchen, daddy's saying grace before the Family ties run deep in this land And I'm never very far from what I am I was born country And that's what I'll always be Did you know that California was never supposed to be just one state? Before the state was formed in 1850, there was discussion of forming three states instead of one. California has an area larger than seven East Coast states combined, and it takes 14 hours to drive from one end of the state to the other. California is simply too large to govern. Rural communities are being outvoted by more densely populated areas. The state of Jefferson is the solution. Please visit SOJ51.net to show your support. We all had friends and family that were affected by the car fire. Most of the cleanup is done now. A lot of families are looking at rebuilding. If you relied on a well for your water system, it's important to assess the condition of your well and its capabilities to be able to meet the demands of new construction codes. I'm Ted Ogilvie with Diamond Core Drilling. We've been providing water well systems and pumps in Northern California since 1980. Let us help you with your rebuilding process. That's Diamond Core Drilling, 275-8162. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program provides socialization, transportation, and free meals to eligible Native American elders and their spouses. Our program celebrates Native elders through cultural activities, entertainment, exercise, and education. Elders can dine together here and will deliver meals to those who are unable to attend. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program is free. Discover the services available to you or your elders at ReddingRancheria.com. 
a jewel of the North State, a place we love to go and love being members. The View, the best in the North State, from the restaurants, meeting rooms, and, of course, on the award-winning 18-hole golf course, Riverview Golf and Country Club. It's the place to belong. Go in and meet the friendly staff today or go to their website at riverviewgolf.net and find out about their introductory memberships. Riverview Golf and Country Club, corporate, social, tennis, fitness, and golf. Get it all. Become a member. It's affordable and fun. Riverview Golf and Country Club. I got a hundred years of down home running through my blood. I was born country, and this country's what I love. All right, we're back at it. Hey, Bob, Mark, you both still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Still here. Okay, great. Now, Bob, question to you. Of the Oregon counties, how many have support from elected officials? Do you know? I'm not sure I know what you're asking there. Support from the elected officials, uh, Um, the state or the counties? Either. Anybody in any elected position. Uh, uh, Support for what? For the state of Jefferson. For the state of Jefferson. Oh, for the state of Jefferson. Uh, Yep, they're scattered here and there, um, but we still have a lot of education to do yet. Okay, but you do have some? We have some, yes. Okay, um, without naming names or anything like that, because we don't want them to be under the radar from the state or the county they serve, but can you tell us in what position they might be? Are they commissioners? Yes. There are, there are a few commissioners. There are a few state senators, and there's a few state representatives. Okay, just so everybody understands, commissioners are equivalent to our boards of supervisors down here, exactly. or board members of supervisors. Same, same function. Yes, different same members. function, different title, that's right. Okay, that, that was my question. I just wanted to find out if you had any government officials, you know, helping out oh, down yes. there or up yes, there um, to um, help with the movement and, and uh-huh. if, they're, if they're just supportive um, verbally or are they actually out there, you know, Meeting with people, talking to people, are they doing any kind of fundraisers? They're are they involved in any of that kind of stuff? No, they've come to some meetings, and we're pretty impressed with some of our county meetings. And so they've recently turned, except for some of them here in Josephine County, I'll specifically mention uh, the, one, the representative who's the House Minority Leader here in Grants Pass. He actually said on the House floor years ago that when we become the state of Jefferson, he would like to be the come, become the governor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing like shooting for the stars there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get your hands dirty before you do anything like that. So. And I hope he hears that part of it. Are you kidding? <laughs> so he's, just a pol- he, he's a political player is what he is then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a good man. He's a he's a very good representative. So, okay. So Bob, on the Second if Amendment. You call them assemblymen. Yes. Yeah. You call them House of Representatives. Yes. Yes. Okay. The um, uh, on the Second Amendment, there has there, is there any new laws that are being introduced that uh, are sort of uh, uh, that I know that you guys have open carry, um, and um, I know that uh, Mark and Wynn, when they went to the Capitol, actually walked inside the Capitol with their CCWs, um, where they're concealing their their uh, gun. Of course, in California, the officers get nervous if they see one. You know, it's a they win. They yeah. Anyway, um, is there anything that that any new laws that they're trying to pass there in Oregon that are that are um, well against the Second Amendment, trying to take our rights away? Well, yes. Uh, whatever's happening in California is lagging behind, but is also happening in Oregon. I see. 
Yes, it's following in the same footsteps. It certainly is. And Washington's the same way. It's the same part. I mean, I'm sorry, Bob. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm really sorry yeah. that you have a bunch of jack wagons like we do that are stupid and spineless that don't know, understand what liberty is all about and what the Constitution is all about. I'm sorry yeah. for that. So with that, with that, I think what we want to do, my good friend, is um, uh, let you and your bride go. Uh, please feel free to call in any time. But I think you can, if you can get on your computer, you should be able to stream this live right now. Isn't that right? Ashley's nodding her head because Mark's going to talk about the Second Amendment. Uh, in the court case we have going on here. Now, if there's something there and you have a question, um, feel free to call back in. We just want to open up a line in case we have callers that want to call in. Okay, will do. All right, brother. And Thank Carol. You. Thank you, Carol. Hi. I did. Anyway, Mark Baird is going to be here tomorrow night. If you guys wander down, I know that there's a place you can stay. It's called Repose's Repose. <laughs> well, thank you. You're always welcome, you two. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Kimasabi, um, okay. speak, speak to us, sir, about uh, the Second Amendment uh, case. Um, real briefly, maybe um, uh, where we're at at this particular point or where you think we're at at this particular point. Well, let me first open up uh, and thanks to Bob and, mm -hmm. and all of the people in Oregon doing all the work that they're doing. It's, it's incredible, and if... And I just want to let Bob know that if there's anything we can do to support his effort, that we're, you know, pleased and overjoyed to be able to do it, show up, uh, stand up, speak up, uh, you know, go to events like we did, like Wynn and I did up in, uh, up in Salem for the, uh, the rally up there. That was amazing. But, you know, we're available here to help our brothers and sisters in, in Northern Jefferson, um, see their dreams come true and ours with it. And while we're on that, um, the Second Amendment, uh, Wynn made the statement that the, these guys don't understand liberty, and, and they don't, but they understand perfectly what they're doing. It isn't that they're um, stumbling into this, uh, this uh, anti-constitutional behavior. They know exactly what they're doing. They are socialists. They are progressive socialists. Their intent is to strip us of our method of self-defense, and to strip us of our method of defending against tyranny, and then they can continue to strip us of our First Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment rights, our Fifth Amendment rights, because if you can restrict the right to self-defense so that it becomes a mere illusory privilege never granted to anyone unless you can afford it or unless you're in a special class of people like in Los Angeles County where you're just a judge or you're a buddy of the sheriff, um, or Santa Clara County with 1.4 million people and only 112 concealed carry permits, then you can do anything you want, and you can do anything you want to the people. For example, Governor Newsom uh, just signed a rent control bill. Um, he claims it's to uh, curb homelessness in California, but the two biggest districts with homeless problems, San Francisco and Los Angeles, already have rent control, and it didn't help them. He wants to control everything you do. He wants to control everything you own. He wants to have his uh, tax, uh, taxes affect everything you touch, every breath you take, every step you make, every word you utter, everything you possess and how you possess it. And, the, and in order to do that, you have to take people's weapons away. Uh, Mao said uh, political power comes out of the barrel of a gun. 
Joseph Stalin said, ideas are as dangerous as guns. We don't let our people have guns. Why would we let them have ideas? Uh, you look at Britain. Hate speech is now a punishable crime. There are people that are facing 20 years in jail because of something they said on the Internet that someone else didn't like. And you know what hate speech is? It's any speech the progressives don't agree with. So your Constitution is not in danger because of bumbling idiots. It's in danger because of a well-orchestrated, well-financed plan to turn the state of California and the United States of America into a socialist paradise and fundamentally strip the Constitution of all guarantees that you have to self-determination, self-defense, and to decide what future you and your family shall enjoy and how you enjoy that. Mark? And that's why we must maintain the Second Amendment. Right. And, you know, it's what the scary part is, I know that uh, our sheriff here in Shasta County was on Free Fire Radio, uh, and you called in and asked a question of him, which, of course, he didn't answer. Um, and uh, we've been going out to this uh, Bella Vista days, and we've got the Gavin Newsom recall booth we have out there. But I went around and I handed out flyers to everybody I could talk to uh, at the whole place uh, about our meeting tomorrow night. You're going to be here live. You'll be talking about the court case and the Second Amendment. And we were all talking about CCWs and concealed carry and how it's not a right. It's a privilege. And our sheriff was on the, on the radio. And when you asked him that question, he said, well, you know, I really believe that concealed is, uh, gives you tactical superiority. It really is a superior way to carry a firearm that's concealed. So I left him a message and said, well, if carrying the gun concealed is the best way to do it and gives you a tactical advantage, why don't your officers carry concealed? How can police officers open carry? Why don't they carry concealed? If you believe it's a tactical advantage, wouldn't you want them to be protected? And, or could it possibly be that you like them to have open carry so the criminals can see that they have a weapon? But wait, shouldn't a badge be enough? So, you know, to me, it is about control, and I am so discouraged with some of these sheriffs that say they're constitutional that really aren't. I mean, that is just, that was appalling to me. I mean, if, if you trust somebody with a concealed carry, and they're out on the, you know, walking in the park, or they're going down the river trail here in Redding, and they've got their grandkids or kids with them, and that gentleman or young lady is walking with that gun exposed, do you think that meth head's going to think twice before he bothers them? Well, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's even more basic than that because, first of all, um, my God who, who endowed upon me certain inalienable rights doesn't care a lick whether the sheriff trusts me or not. The yeah. sheriff doesn't even know me. So I don't, I don't. I hold the sheriff's opinion uh, in just as high regard as I would a garden slug. I mean, the sheriff, to me, is, is a reprehensible, anti-constitutional, spineless jellyfish. So, quite frankly, it doesn't matter to me what his opinion of me is. Here, here's the statistical fact. You have a category of people in the United States of America, the state of California, the state of Oregon, the state of Washington, who are defined by their character and their behavior. They're called law-abiding citizens. Now, the judge in the Second Amendment case made one of the most ridiculous statements I've ever heard to our attorney when she said, well, isn't it true, don't you think that all law-abiding citizens, basically, uh, and I'm going to shorten this up for the purpose of time, don't you think that all law-abiding citizens are capable of, of uh, illegal behavior? 
And, and our attorney said, no, I don't think that at all. Law-abiding citizens, based upon their title, are, are just that, law-abiding. And here's the thing that the state assumes and Sheriff Basinko assumes and everyone in power assumes about you, that if you have access to a weapon on your own volition, in other words, without their control, without their permission, without paying their fees, without putting 80% of the nine ring from 15 yards 10 out of 10 times, that you will abandon your moral compass just because you have access to that weapon and run around the streets causing mayhem and murder everywhere you go. You'll start shooting each other over a bump in a parking lot. You'll shoot each other over a, a shopping cart in Walmart. You'll shoot each other uh, over everything. And that is absolutely a progressive socialist lie intended to poison the well of freedom in this state and in the United States in general. Law-abiding citizens are more law-abiding than police officers, statistically speaking. Gun carriers who are not police officers are typically more law-abiding than police officers are. And it can't be the sight of the gun that scares you because cops carry them all the time. So it must be the individual and as uh, there's a book called um, the Anglo, uh, the Second Amendment, the Anglo-American Right, by a Georgetown University uh, law professor, that says e even in early America and in England, pre-revolutionary England, the English courts determined that the musket itself is incapable of causing offense. It must be the person holding the musket. That's you true. are either law-abiding or you're a criminal. And Mark, that's, the, that's the definition. We're going to have to go off to a, a break here. <clears throat> but, you know, the, the, you're absolutely correct in what you're saying. And really and truly, I mean, people that have CCW training have an enormous amount of training, have to jump through all these hoops. Criminals don't have to jump through any hoops. Yet the sheriff doesn't trust him to be open carry but because he doesn't trust his deputies. That's that's a problem. That's a training problem. You might, you might want to touch on that. That's a real problem. I will. Well, and, um, also, keep in mind, our neighboring states have open carry. Yes, like we just that, said. Well, that, okay, so Oregon is an open carry state, but you can also get a permit there. I have the permit for Oregon. You can get uh, you can do open carry in Nevada. I have a permit for Nevada. So how does that work? How do these states make it work when they have open carry, but then they also have concealed carry permits as well so that their sovereign citizens can be, you know, protected. They can protect their own person. They can protect their own property. They can protect their family and everything else by carrying a weapon, whether concealed or open carry. But California can't seem to get off the dime and do the right thing. Right. I don't get it. I mean, well, how do all those other sheriffs combined do it? How do they make it work? How do their deputies make it work? Mm -hmm. How do they not have all the criminal activity that California has? I don't get it. So if, if they're open carry and they're concealed carry in those states, our border states, and they don't have all the garbage going on in their state, then the common denominator is, the spineless jellyfish, like Mark said earlier, and that, you know, are elected into law enforcement, and also the lawyers that are backing them up, the boards of supervisors who back them up, all the way up to the governor, as we well know, you know, they are all part of the same problem. So how do we fix it? Oh, I know. We have State of Jefferson. You bet. Now, we're going to have to go off to a break here. So Mark and Richard, we'll get to you on the other side of the break. Time has come. For 51. Get her done.
turned 18, I couldn't wait to vote. After all, voting is a privilege for all Americans, right? Then I did the math. Did you know that the northern third of California only has three out of 80 seats in the Assembly and three out of 40 seats in the Senate? Northern California has no representation, and my vote doesn't count. Voting from California and forming the state of Jefferson is the only remedy. Please visit SOJ51.net for more information. Please donate now to help restore representation. Celebrating 20 years in business, Five Star Bank is a community business bank serving small to medium-sized businesses and is a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Five Star Bank was founded in 1999 by a group of local entrepreneurs who wanted to create personalized banking services inspired by shared vision and goals. Today, Five Star Bank is among the top 5% of performing banks in the nation for banks of its size. Five Star Bank proudly serves farmers, ranchers, and growers in the agricultural community, commercial real estate developers, and construction, those who lead nonprofits and churches and entrepreneurs in emerging technology. Five Star Bank is also committed to small businesses through a robust SBA department. They understand that when it comes to business, timing is critical. Their sense of urgency and speed to serve are part of the foundation of their success. Visit fivestarbank.com and visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell in Reading. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. KCNR is proud to announce that we are now live at 96.5 FM, as well as online, and as always, heard on 1460 AM. Weekday mornings, wake up with the Sue McLean News Hour, followed by Free Fire Radio, your talk radio station at the epicenter of change in downtown Reading. 9 to noon, be informed and laugh along with Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. Noon to 3, find your financial peace with Dave Ramsey. 3 to 6, the hard-hitting constitutional expert, Mark Levin. Monday through Thursdays at 6 p.m., local shows feature everything from the paranormal to pop culture to unsung heroes of our area. 7 to 9, Ben Shapiro with an expanded program that brings the issues of the day to your radio. And finish your weekday with the Chris Plant Show, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. KCNR, now on 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, and always online. More than ever, we're your locally owned, community connected talk radio. California, we believe America is the home of the brave. What we got is earned by working, it ain't handed out for free. Stand for the flag and pledge our allegiance with the last of a dying breed. Last of a dying breed. We're back. <clears throat> and um, we'd like to bring Richard on. Richard, what say you, sir? Good morning, Richard. Are you there? Richard, are you there? Are we there? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Well, not so good. Uh, so this rent control bill, I've been uh, studying it this last week because I'm directly affected. Um, and what's happening is all the, all the landlords, probably in the entire state, are uh, they're now bullying and threatening eviction to their tenants who are not going to sign a new lease with, in my case, a 40% increase in rent and they're all doing this ahead of the new law coming and i think it's absolutely outrageous really so what area of california do you live oh i'm, I'm richard i'm mark's uh, co-plaintiff i'm here in Reading. okay um so but i'm sure this is a statewide issue wow 
Yeah, it's probably probably is happening. I don't know anything about rentals because I'm not doing any rentals, but um, and I don't rent. Yeah. But wow, that's yeah, that's brutal. So it's it's very brutal. And unfortunately, after reading the civil code and the code of civil procedure, which covers these rental issues, it sounds like it may be legal what they're doing right now in front of the new law. If they did this after January when the law calls into effect, they would be extensively illegal. Okay. So, yep. Anyways, everybody needs to know about it. I'm writing, uh, I'm going to write the state fair housing, which I don't expect it to go anywhere, but I'm going to write HUD also, because uh, HUD does have some regulatory authority over uh, landlord-tenant issues, but uh, I don't know what else I can do. Hey, Richard, what you could do is uh, it'd be good if you uh, could call into Sovereign Minds. Why is my mic doing that? No, it's not. It's the because we have both of them on as okay. well. Um, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, uh, if you could call into Sovereign Minds, Richard, that'd be really good because it'd be good to get that point out on both programs. If you could do that, sir. Will do. Thanks, sir. Okay, thank Kyle. you, Richard. Mark, so um, you know, we were just talking about the sheriff and and uh, you know the common he made. I mean, can you believe that? Well, I believe that concealed carry is uh, tactically superior. Well, okay, well then, why do your officers open carry? Could it be because it's a deterrent? Shouldn't we as citizens still have that, have that deterrent also? I mean, is anybody else out there going to pick up the phone and call this sheriff and say, what in the world are you talking about? What in the world well, are you saying? Well, it's not going to do anybody any good to call him and talk to him because he's on his way out. He doesn't care. Um, he never did care about the amendment. <laughs> he never was a constitutional sheriff, and that's evidenced by his own, his own speech and his own comments. But, uh, but the point is, whether it's technically superior isn't the issue. It doesn't matter because it isn't your right. So if we want to exercise rights, we have to exercise the rights that we have. Uh, apparently the Ninth Circuit Court has said, now I don't agree with this. I believe your right is to carry a weapon. And that's what our Fourth Amendment uh, claim in the lawsuit attempts to uh, address, is that if you lawfully own a weapon and you are a lawful individual, you purpose purchase the weapon legally and lawfully and you use it and intend to use it for lawful purposes, it doesn't matter how you carry it. So if you if you ladies are, are you're at work and you have your belt and your pistol on at work and you're open carrying and then you need to go out that night to a, a, a function that requires you to wear a dress that doesn't have a belt, are you hiding your gun or are you just putting it in your purse so you can still carry it? <laughs> I mean, if it's, if you go outside and it's really cold and you have your gun on, like you're, you, you're constitutionally protected, not in this state yet, but we're fixing that. And then you put on a coat. Are you hiding your gun or are you keeping warm? In other words, our Fourth Amendment claim says you have a usury and possessory interest in your property. And the government, if you purchase your property lawfully and you intend and use it for lawful purposes, the government has no right to tell you how you can hold it, how you can carry it. Now, you would be brandishing if you carry it around in your hand. I, I guess, what if you put on your coat and you're supposed to take it out of your holster and walk around with it in your hand? That would be brandishing. So, you know, the laws are contrary. They're arbitrary. They're designed to fit uh, fools and morons like Sheriff Pacinco, who would take away your rights smiling at you the whole time and tell you, well, you know, it's tactically superior to do it my way, with my permission, with my slip, under my conditions, and not to do anything but what I tell you is okay to do. That's Sheriff Spacinko's idea of a constitutional guarantee, and I'm sorry, that's not the way it works, and we're going to prove it. 
I mean, God gave us the right. We have the, uh, I think John Locke called it the first of the natural rights to defend our own lives. And we should be able to do that in whatever manner we see fit. And law-abiding individuals are, by their moniker, law-abiding. In fact, we're more law-abiding than police officers are statistically. So I think that uh, for the sheriff or the governor of this state or the, le- the illegal legislature to tell the people of this state how, when, and where they can carry their weapon is reprehensible, and we intend to do something about it. Aaron, uh, you're on the line, buddy. What say you? Aaron, are you there? Yeah, hey, Terry. You're on the line, Aaron. You're on the line, Aaron. Oh, hey. Yeah, I just wanted to remind everybody about some fundraising we've been doing. Um, Is that appropriate right now? Sure, go for it. Of course, absolutely it's appropriate. We'll, We'll be mentioning that at the end of the hour, but go ahead. Yeah, anyway, you know, we have these... uh. Uh, Facebook and GoFundMe pages going around fundraising for Jefferson, and we were doing good for a couple weeks, but I noticed it's starting to die off a little bit. So I just want to remind everybody how important it is, and you know, get um, if you see that if you see it on Facebook or you see it anywhere, share it. You know, even if you already donated, you know, we want to get this to as many people as possible. You know, we we were doing good good, and anyway, I don't I didn't want it to be just. You know, a week or two weeks. I wanted to be, you know, year around, you know, hustling. So, anyway. Yeah, that's really that's really good, and, and you're absolutely right, Aaron. We have uh, tomorrow night when Mark comes in, he'll be talking about the CFR case. We've got some breaking stuff on that, but we can't really talk a lot about it until everything's really finalized. But we do have some breaking stuff on that, and it'll be uh, closer to the end of the week. Next Sunday we'll talk about it extensively. But, yeah, folks, when do you want to give them that address of where they can donate to the to the CFR? And, oh, by the way, if everybody just would send in 10 bucks, um, you know, people like Aaron that's out there consistently – saying, hey, we need to raise money, we need to raise money, we need to raise money. Well, we need to raise money. We have to pay these attorneys for the Citizens for Fair Representation lawsuit. So, when you want to give them the uh, information on that, buddy? Sure. Um, you can mail the checks or money order to P.O. Box 751, Palisadro, P-A-L-O-C-E-D-R-O, 96073. Is that all you wanted? That's all I wanted. Okay. Pay attention. I did pay attention. I was watching Ashley in there. I know. That's what I said. I mean, we got to go, okay, come on. Lighten up, buddy. Have a, I'm just doing have, Ashley's part have, have on a, the side have of the a, studio. You know, have, a, have a lollipop or something. Okay, anyway, Aaron, thank you very much, brother. Thank Appreciate you, Aaron. You. Yeah, oh, one more thing. Yes, okay. Wouldn't um, spawnless jellyfish be considered hate speech? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, hey, Aaron, it's going to be it's going to be very soon. That's when. <laughs> yeah, all right. uh, I mean, you know, look, the, these guys signed 15 gun bills this year, 15 of them, and many of those yeah. gun bills were, were uh, vetoed year after year after year. But now, with the progressive uh, socialist in the governor's office, he wants your money, he wants your rights, he wants your free speech, he wants everything. He wants to control the amount of rent you can charge on a property. He wants to drive you out of business and drive you out of your home and drive you out of this state, and he's going to do it. He's hell-bent on doing it, and we're the only ones that can stop him. And these these things are important, but like these guys that were just saying, you know, if we can't afford to pay these lawyers, this is over, and, and you will find yourself in a situation much like Venezuela at some point. 
I mean, I was just reading an article about free speech in Venezuela where now anything the government doesn't agree with is hate speech, and you can go to jail for 20 years over it. So, you know, expect that in California because the mono party with their ballot harvesting and their their uh, method of controlling the uh, jungle party primary system and all the other stuff that they're doing, they control this state and they control you. And they have a few of these puppet uh, sheriff constitutional people who who swear to defend the Constitution, then turn around and violate it every second of every single day. And they're proud of it because they just know they can't be wrong. The people of this state are the ones that are wrong, and they know better how to run your life than you do. And look for more of that. You already pay almost two bucks a gallon more for gas than anybody else. You have no representation in Sacramento, none whatsoever. And it's getting worse, by the way. Um, We have uh, the so-called conservative party who jumps in bed with them reaching across the aisle every time they want more money or more stuff, and every time they want more support from the state employees union, they just reach across the aisle and compromise your rights away just a tiny bit more. And remember, compromise to them is you give them something, they give you nothing. So they're chipping away at your rights until there are none. Contribute to this lawsuit. Contribute to the Second Amendment lawsuit. When will we go box? If you want your check to go to CFR, write CFR on it. If you want it to go to 2A, write 2A on it. But please help us pay these lawyers. We can win these things, but we can't win without good legal help, and that costs a lot of money, folks. So if you can't show up to the protest, if you if you can't be one of the 100,000 people that ought to be swarming Sacramento, absolutely livid at the loss of your money, your property, and your rights, then at least help us pay the lawyers so we can do something about it for you. Otherwise, this will be a lost cause. This will be a lost state. The people who can afford to leave are going to leave, but the rest of us who can't afford to leave are going to be stuck in in the commie hell called California. So with that, we're going to go off to our last break, um, and then we'll come back with Mark Baird. Time has come. For 51. Let's get her done. Did you know that Article 4, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution lays out the framework for the state of Jefferson's plan to split California? A state can be formed from the land within another state if the state legislature and Congress approve it with a simple majority vote. 51% is all it takes. Your vote doesn't count in Northern California. California is broken and the time has come for 51. Please visit SOJ51.net and donate now to show your support. 
The average adult has issued 32 troopers that with proper care and just a little discipline should serve you well during your entire tour of duty on this planet. They're called your teeth. But when your platoon gets out of line, holes in the formation, or other problems, you need to call in an expert like General, uh, Dr. William Farrell. With decades of experience keeping those troops in line and executing their assigned duties properly and dependably. If you'd rather not be there while he reestablishes order amongst the troops, Dr. Farrell offers sedation dentistry. He and his highly trained staff will whip your troops into shape without any discomfort. And having served himself in both the Navy and the Marine Corps, Dr. Farrell offers special consideration to veterans. Let him take the best care of your platoon of teeth, and they will serve you always. Call 547-5757 or visit palocedrodentistry.com. And for a limited time, Dr. Farrell is offering x-ray, exam, and cleaning for just $175. Call 547-5757 to schedule your visit. The United States Marine Corps is celebrating its 244th birthday, Sunday, November 10th, at the Wind River Casino and Resort. All are invited to attend this year's ceremony, which includes dinner and dancing, and enjoy the traditional ceremony, including presentation of the birthday cake, honoring the oldest and youngest Marine, missing in action remembrance, the pipes and drums, and music to dance to. Contact Mike Gutierrez at 530-524-7595 for invitations and more information. The 244th United States Marine Corps birthday. Hoorah! Just like Ashley, she's made in America, aren't you? Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, she is so much fun to watch. Through we've got this <laughs> window here, and she does all these antics, so which is really a lot of fun. So yeah. we just she keeps us entertained. She knows that. When I, I, I keep need myself to entertained. You guys are a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good, Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think the thing is with, especially with some of these sheriffs, uh, the disappointment I have—that's the thing. I'm just so disappointed. And I'm disappointed in the media. I mean, nobody calls him out on these questions. And do you know that that our sheriff is going to be a speaker for the Republican Central Committee? Republican, what is it? Republicans in the Park about the Second Amendment. He's the speaker on the Second Amendment. I mean, come on, gag a maggot here. What, are you serious? Now, I believe that Sam Paredes is there too, right? Yes. Well, Sam, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, and I know that when I talked to Sam last time, he said, I, you know, he can't believe what some of these sheriffs are doing. You know, I mean, I, 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 folks, I don't even know what to say here other than, you know, the next guy that gets in there, we, we need to vet this guy or maybe, I don't know, maybe. Well, well, look, hmm. believe it because, um, as, hmm. as seven short years ago, seven years ago, you could walk around with an unloaded pistol on your hip and the ammunition on the other hip. Now, it wasn't great. That was the result of the 1968 Mulford Act, or 67, I forget, which stripped us of our constitutional guarantee to openly carry a loaded weapon and go anywhere you wanted, into the Capitol building, into the courthouse. We could go anywhere we wanted with that gun. And there was no mayhem then. I, I was around then. I was fairly young, but I remember it. I remember openly carrying unloaded weapons myself all the time. I mean, not everybody did it. It was a very unremarkable thing. No one commented on it. No one cared. Uh, the people who wanted to or thought they needed to did it. The people who didn't want to or didn't think they needed to didn't do it. And, and another comment that uh, some of these sheriffs make is, 
Well, you know, they are, in fact, I think Pacinco made it. Well, they have open carry in Idaho, and, you know, not... Oh, yeah, he did make that. Do it. Yeah. He said, and he said very few people do it as if that's an excuse not to allow it to be done. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, uh, people are allowed to have muscle cars. Now, very few people have them, but should they be outlawed because very few people have them? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, and it came out of his mouth on the radio. So, you know, what it does is once you have a constitutional guarantee and it becomes commonplace, yes, the novelty fades. The show-offs and smart Alex will stop doing it just to make their statement in the Walmart parking lot. It will become very unremarkable in public discourse. The people who want or need to will do it. The people who don't think they want to or need to won't do it. Look, the Second Amendment doesn't mean you have to face this prospect of, oh, I need to carry my gun today. It doesn't mean that at all. What it does is gives you the right to do it when you think you need to or you think you want to. That's all. And the people who don't want to do it don't have to do it. And it's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the fact if I was the only one in the crowd that carried my gun. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me. What I want is for the people who don't want to do it, I don't want them to strip my right to do it. That's all. And that's what Pacinco's done, and very effectively. In fact, you better be careful, because if you make him angry, he might take your permission away, and he can. And that's the scary part of this. One state actor with a vindictive, petty little mind can take your permit away any time he wants to for any perceived wrong he, he sees in you, including the fact that you might speak out against him. Is that really liberty? No, that's socialism. It's communism. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. You know, again, to me it's a huge disappointment. <clears throat> I, I, uh, you know, uh, when you believe in a guy and then all of a sudden he starts doing this kind of stuff, and I mean, really, it's just common sense. And, and you know, like the other day, he's, you know, he, it, it's like, you know, he talked about the 200,000 people, except he said $200,000. I don't know how yeah. dollars equivocated into people, but that was, yeah. I mean, he said that a couple of times uh, right after you asked your question. And, of course, he never answered it. The, the, the point being is that he doesn't have any rights and doesn't have the right to do this. He is, uh, he's following a law that's unconstitutional. And, you know, and he knows he, he knows he is. And none of these guys seem to have the courage to stand up. None of them seem to have the courage to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to do what's right here. Imagine you've got people that are spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars and, and, and literally maybe even thousands of dollars to get the training that they need to, to do the, do the right thing and make sure they understand the operation of the, of their weapon. When to use it, how to use it, taking classes, taking more classes, all these different things, requalifying. Criminals don't do that, number one. And number two, you're the sheriff and you can't trust those same people, those same people who have training. Maybe some of them, a lot of them are probably better shots than the people you have working for you. And well, you, let's change that just a little bit. I agree with you, but it's not that you can't trust them. It's that you, you don't, want, you don't to. want to. You don't have to, and no one can make you. Yeah, well, that's the thing. But, you know, I mean, logically, where, the, where are the people? You know, where are the people? Where are you guys? We talked, I talked to so many people yesterday out at the Bella Vista days about concealed carry, open carry, about our court case, all that good stuff. And all the people I talked to, a lot of them, they were just, wow, that makes a lot. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. And according to Basinko, a new sheriff, or any sheriff, as you just said, Mark, which is correct, can say, you know what, 
I don't want to issue that op- that uh, concealed carry anymore. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not, uh, I'm going to make the qualifications more difficult. You mean so, you mean so the new sheriff? So the I, new sheriff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is so the new sheriff could carry the torch that Basinko started, kind of like Gavin carrying the torch that Brown started. So we could have the same kind of thing at our county level regarding the sheriff capacity. Is that what you're saying? Well, or or not. I mean, I sat across the desk from my own sheriff, and I said, why don't you become part of the solution instead of continuing to be part of the problem? And and he had all of his excuses lined up. They are pretty much the same as Tom Basinko's excuses. Well, people would be afraid. What would the CHP do if they saw you in Walmart parking lot? Um, I can't control the process. I want to. I want. In other words, I want control, and I won't have it. If you exercise a constitutional guarantee, that was the long and short of it. But here's the deal. So I asked him. He says, and I'll give out a permit to anyone that can pass the background check. Okay, fine. But I asked him, but will the next sheriff do the same thing? Oh, well, I don't know. So you are one sheriff away from having him fail to renew. Let's say you get a a sheriff who's a little uh, more left-leaning even than Basinko, if that's possible. Um, what if he decides to deny concealed carry permits unless you show good cause, which you're incapable of showing in, in the vast majority of situations? What if he just fails to issue concealed carry permits, and as they come up for renewal, he fails to renew them because you haven't shown good cause, as outlined in PC 26150? Um, and he can. He has the right. He has the ability, not the right, because governments don't have rights. Only people do. He has the ability to do that under Penal Code 26150, and so does the police chief under PC 26155. So now you're in the same boat as people in uh, Santa Clara County, where you're not going to be issued a permit because the new sheriff doesn't want to. Then Mark, what? Mark, we have one minute left. Um, tomorrow night we're going to see Mark Baird. We'll see him at... 2570 South Bonnie View Road. Come and hear Mark. He's going to be speaking about this Second Amendment uh, court case. He'll be talking about the CFR. Very, very, very important, a vital meeting tomorrow night. Mark, God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, and um, time has come. For 51. Let's get her done. You don't know us. You have no clue. The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.